This is Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say on the air. Tuning you into the Latino literary renaissance in all its splendor. Interviews, teatro, rap, fiction, poetry, memorias, composer spotlights, and more. Always mas. This is Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante, and you are tuning in to a Nuestra Palabra multi-platform broadcast. And today we'll be talking to visual artist, writer, and storyteller, and all-around good guy, Javier Garza. To me, this is a really nice turning point for him, but it also comes full circles for Nuestra Palabra because I met Javier before he was published and we'll share some of those memories because I want to inspire some folks too. If you're a writer and you've been working on your stories, your poems, perhaps you're not published, perhaps you don't know how to submit your work, I want you to, to listen to Javier's experience and find out the steps he took to get to this point where now we're about to celebrate his 20th book, which is fantastic. Javier, thanks for joining hey, Appreciate Tony, it. Glad to be here. And I'm about to tell folks exactly what to expect on the program today. But first, un abrazo grande, mi amigo. Hey, igualmente. And um, where exactly are you teleporting in from? Where are you uh, right now? Right now, I'm at my home in San Antonio. And I'm here at one of our studios in Houston, Texas. And of course, as a multi-platform broadcast, this begins on social media. So we'll share that through several different platforms. And then you can watch the video on fox26houston.com. We're going to take the audio and air it on 90.1 FM KPF2, your community station. And I do want to pause and remind our listeners that KPFT is a listener-run community station. So if you can, please budget a donation for our radio station. You can go to kpft.org any time of the year and make a donation in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Heaven Their Say. This way we do our part to keep this fantastic experiment of freedom of speech going on. What I love about it too Javier, is that on free radio, there's still a lot of our gente who listen to that. So as they're driving along the highway, you know, there's possibly hundreds of thousands of folks that can hear your voice. And I know que les va a tocar el corazón de tus historias, uh, tus cuentos. And to me, that's really exciting. Now, the other cool thing about our movement, which is Nuestra Palabra, Latino Writers Heaven There Say, is that we come to you live. So I want you to know that if you want to meet Javier Garza live, you will have a chance at the last installment of the Texas Author Series at the only Latino bookstore in Texas, the Latino bookstore at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. 
the Texas Author Series has been taking place every first Friday of the month during 2022. So our last one will be on Friday, December 2nd at 6 p.m. It's completely free. By the way, Javier, how far do you have to drive to get to the Latino bookstore? Oh, from my house, it's about maybe 10 minutes. It's <laughs> pretty close. That's it. Keep us. Yeah, it's pretty close. From the house, it's pretty close. <laughs> Which is perfect because we're also going to be featuring an exhibit of your artwork there yes. in the gallery. Have you picked the pieces yet? I've picked most of them. I come, I'm probably going to use some of the uh, series. I, I did a series called Cucuis in Space, which basically takes some of the traditional <laughs> Yorona and you know, other, other characters from Mexican folklore and kind of put them in a futuristic space theme. Be, basically being that these stories will be around forever. I mean, I tell, I, when I tell people about the, these leyendas, I tell them, you know, these stories were old when your great-grandfather was running around in diapers. And they're going to be around <laughs> when your great-grandkids are running around. But we got to warn listeners, though, listeners and viewers, that this shall be terrifying because you'll be summoning La Llorona and El Cucuy. Am I correct? Are there other forces you'll be summoning during this broadcast? I need, I need our listeners to be prepared. Oh, well, no, no, it'll be a, it'll be a little bit of everything. We'll do a little bit of Christmas stories. We'll do a little bit of, you know, scary cuckoo stories. We'll do a little bit of everything. F fair enough. And on that note, during your reading and visual art exhibit, December 2nd at the Latino Bookstore, there on El West Side of San Antonio, El Mero Hueso, we're also going to have a special end of the year body, which means we'll have hot chocolate, um, some pan dulce, some vinito for our guests for free. Because again, we want to celebrate having the first full year of programming at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. And as if, as if that weren't enough, okay, you got literature, visual arts, pan dulce. You're also going to be entered into a raffle if you attend and fill out our survey. The raffle will be for one of all the books that we featured during our Texas author series. That might mean that it's perhaps Reina Grande with her historical novel, perhaps. That was one fantastic feature. Perhaps it's my book, uh, The Tip of the Pyramid, Cultivating Community Culture Capital. So we've had several authors throughout the year. We're going to raffle one copy each of each of those authors that was the feature author for our Texas author series. Of course, we had a great event with uh, Flower Song Press, Flower Song Press Fest, so those books will be in the raffle as well. But it's folks who attend and fill out the survey because you will also shape our 2023 series. So we're actually planning right now the 2023 Texas author series at the Latino Bookstore which is on the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center campus. And you can play a role in that, have a great time, possibly win one of those three books, and support the community. Last thing I want to say is that, Javier, it's wonderful to have you on our show because you are recognized throughout the country. And I know that many schools invite you throughout the year, but we're celebrating you because you're part of the San Antonio experience in many ways. Additionally, the Latino Bookstore is an official visitor center 
as quantified by the Texas legislature. So we represent a lot of the uh, West Side Cultural Arts District, and we want to promote them all as well. We'll be working with the San Antonio Library. So when you come, you can take a little bit of our cultura home with you to either start your family library or replenish it, but you're also adding to the life and culture of the West Side in San Antonio. And I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to read your bio for folks that are going to find out about you right now for the first time as they drive down the highway and they're listening to uh, terrestrial radio. But Javier, you're in the neighborhood. You've lived in San Antonio. I'm going to touch on how long I've had the pleasure of knowing you. Javier, how important is it for you in San Antonio and Texas to have a bookstore 10 minutes from your house on the west side of San Antonio? Well, like one of the really important roles that this that this you know the bookstore library uh, serves the bookstore is that I mean it's one place where you know we always say that children you know people should be able to see themselves in the stories that they read, and what happens is in this you go to the, go to the, the the bookstore and the books that are there they represent who we are they're they're stories about our culture. Our, our people, our traditions, our history, and it's all in one place. And, you know, uh, I always tell, you know, everybody that I get a chance to, that it is important that we see ourselves in these stories and, you know, that our children see themselves in these stories. And, and, it, and this is one of the really truly valuable things that this bookstore provides. You know, you go there and you can, if you're looking for our, for history, our history, the books are there. If you're looking for books for our children to read that tell them about their cultures and their and where they come from, they are there. And it's like, a, and, uh, and into Christmas is coming up. What, what better gift than to give them the, the power of literature and to give them stories where they can see themselves uh, in the characters that are in these books. appreciate that coming from the heart. I'm going to share your bio now, just in case there's folks that are going to be introduced to your work for the first time because of this broadcast. Of course, a lot of our gente are familiar with your work. And as I mentioned, I do want to touch on um, us knowing each other. And it's so happy to have known you before you were published. We're celebrating your 20th book. We'll talk more about that. But uh, I want to read your bio, pero quiero que le entres con una historia. So I'm All giving right. you like a 30-second 30-second warning <laughs> so you can thrill the gente. And then we'll tell folks more about um, how we got to know each other and the trajectory of your career. But uh, dear listeners, Javier Garza was born in El Rio Grande Valle de Texas, RGV in the house. I see. He's an enthusiastic author, artist, teacher, and storyteller whose work is a lively documentation of life, dreams, superstitions, and the bigger-than-life world of South Texas. Garza has exhibited his art and performed his stories in venues throughout Texas, Arizona, and the state of Washington. He's received such recognitions as the Pura Melepre Honor Book and the Libro de las Americas Honor Book Awards. He lives with his wife and son, yes, hombre, in San Antonio, Texas, and is the author of numerous books. And he's also... Included in many books as a visual artist, 
Mi amigo, it is wonderful to welcome you back with your familia in tu casa. And I love that now we are also connected in San Antonio to the Tito Bookstore. Without further ado, Javier Garza. Hey, oh, I think today I'll start a story with you guys. I'll do La Llorona Can't Scare Me. And after that, you know, I'll, I'll talk I'll talk about a little bit about me and Tony's in our, in our history. But this book, La Llorona Can't Scare Me, it's about a little boy who's not afraid of La Llorona, which, of course, La Llorona doesn't like not, the kid not being afraid of her. So he decides, she decides that to call in her monster friend, Los Cucuis. And of course, these are all stories that we grew up all, we all grew up with. It's called La Llorona Can't Scare Me. La Llorona No Me Asusta. And it goes something like this. The scary ghost of La Llorona is screaming up a storm, trying to scare little Damian, who is in bed trying to go to sleep. She yells, ay, mis hijos, oh, my children, trying to scare poor little Damian. But Damian is not afraid of her. And he says, you silly Llorona, you can't scare me, not even a little bit. So La Llorona is not happy about this because La Llorona is not used to kids not being afraid of her. Everybody's afraid of La Llorona. So she can't allow this to stand. So she calls in her monster friends, Los Cucuis. And the first ones that show up are two lechuzas, two witch owls flying around the room. The lechuzas go round and round and they go hoot, hoot, hoot with its, their scary red eyes trying to scare little Damian. But Damian says, you silly, silly lechuzas, you can't scare me. Not even a little bit. So Damian is not afraid of La Llorona, and he's not afraid of two lechuzas flying around in his room. But next he hears the sound of little voices whispering under his bed. He hears going, <laughs> so Damian decides to look under the bed, and he sees one, two, three little duendes whispering, trying to scare him under his bed. He says, you silly duendes, you can't scare me, not even a little bit. So Damian is not afraid of La Llorona. He is not afraid of La Lechuzas. He's not afraid of no duendes. But then he hears the sound of someone going, hee-haw, hee-haw, on the other side of his bedroom door. He thinks it must be the donkey lady. And he peeks through the hole and sees that it is indeed the donkey lady. And he says, you silly donkey lady, are you trying to scare me? You can't scare me, not with those silly long donkey ears of yours. You can't scare me, not even a little bit. So Damian is not afraid of La Llorona. He is not afraid of no lechuzas. He is not afraid of no duendes. He is not afraid of the donkey lady either. But next, Damian hears the sound of little feet running across his rooftop. He runs over to his window and sees that jumping off the rooftop is El Chupacabras, and it lands on the tree right next to his, to his bedroom window. It goes, <sighs> trying to scare little Damian. But Damian says, you silly, silly chupacabras, you can't scare me, not even a little bit. No, now Damian is not afraid of not even el chupacabras. But next, Damian, when he turns around, he sees three little diablitos, three little devils jumping on top of his bed. And he says, you silly little diablos, are you trying to scare me by jumping up and down in my bed? You can't scare me. Not even a little bit. So now Damian is not afraid of even three little devils jumping on top of his bed. 
But next he hears the sound of someone casting spells at him. He walks over to his bedroom window and he sees a bruja, a witch, trying to cast spells on him to scare him. Damian says, you silly, silly bruja. You can't scare me. Not even a little bit. So Damian is not even scared of a bruja, a witch. But next, Damian hears the sound of something moaning. And he turns around and he sees a fantasma, a ghost, rattling its chains. And Damian says, you silly ghost. You can't scare me. Not even a little bit. But then the door, his closet door swings open. And out steps El Cucuy. And he's carrying a bag. He says, I'm gonna, he's going to use to steal little Damian away. But Damian says, you silly Cucuy. You can't steal me. I'm too big to fit in your burlap sack. And besides, I'm not scared of you, Kukui. Not even a little bit. So now Damian is not even afraid of El Kukui. But next, Damian sees a calavera, a skeleton, the kind you see during Dia de los Muertos appear. And it's singing and dancing. And Damian says, you silly, silly calavera. You think you can scare me with singing and dancing? I love to sing. I love to dance. And Damian starts to dance too. So now Damian is not even afraid of a singing and dancing calavera. Damian says, I am not afraid of any of you. He says, pointing his finger at La Llorona and her monster friends, Los Cucuis. You all can't scare me, not even a little bit. Why aren't you scared of us? Asked La Llorona. Everybody's scared of La Llorona and her monster friend, Los Cucuis. Do you want to know why I'm not afraid of you? Yes, says La Llorona. I really, truly want to know. Do you all want to know why you Cucuis can't scare me? Yes, say the Cucuis all together. We really want to know. And Damian says, because I have a secret weapon that will make you all run away and hide. You all want to know what it is? All the cuis la llorona say yes. And he says, because my luchador nightlight will make you all run away and hide. And he says, as he pulls out his luchador nightlight that he plugs into the wall. And when he turns on, the light fills the room. His mighty luchador nightlight glowing bright and strong. All the cuis run looking for a place to hide. And, and then Damian declares, and that's why none of you can scare me. And he holds up. His luchador nightlight for all to see. So he says, you all are welcome to come back and try and scare me anytime you want. Me and my luchador nightlight will be ready for you. And that's when La Llorona can't scare me, declares Damian. And neither can her monster friends, Los Cucuis. And that is, La Llorona can't scare me. Tan tan. Thank you for sharing that we're celebrating the 20th book by our dear friend Javier Garza and maybe you're hearing for the first time but I want to take a walk down memory lane mi compa mi hermano because we first met a couple times and this is important because I want to fill in some of the community cultural capital that is the history 
of the legacy of, of books in San Antonio. And I want to remind folks that there used to be several, there's been several big book events in San Antonio, including the Inter-American Book Fair. Book Fair. And Neros was actually working at the Guadalupe, organizing some of that. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to one when I was in graduate school and I met so many cool writers. Also, when my first book, The Aztec Love Guy, came out, I was there as a, as a reader. And I got to hear Tammy Gomez perform with her live band, La Palabra. I got to meet uh, Rene. And I got to meet you. And we hit it off. I don't know if you remember those days. Yeah, yeah, I remember. Well, when I was there, uh, one, one, of the, one of the first things that everybody told me was, you need to meet Tony Diaz. And then uh, so me and Rene and a friend of mine named Luis Valderas, we were all there. And then uh, we talked, and you told me about Nuestra Palabra in Houston, which at the time was being held at a restaurant whose name I can't remember, but this was right before you all moved to TBH. And, uh, and you, and you, you talked about it. Shout out yeah, to yes, yes, yes. And I remember uh, when uh, we, we went there, and you invited us to go, and we went there, and we drove from the valley to Houston. And at, at that point, it was being held at TBH. I think it was one of the first one of the first first ones that were being held at TBH. And it was a it was a great experience. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just basically it was just all kinds of poets and writers that were established, uh, poets and writers that were up and coming, and everybody would go up to that stage and just perform. And it was just basically a you know just uh, at exp- you know everybody sharing their their poems, their stories, and it was a lot of fun. And then, uh, so I went back uh, several times for that. And I remember that you told me about the, uh, that you were going to have the Latino Family Book Festival in, in Houston. Let's pause there. I just want to reflect on the history because you're mentioning that, for example, you're remembering Nuestra Palabra. It yeah. first began in the party hall of Chapultepec restaurant back yes. in 1998. We did then that got too small and we wanted more production mm-hmm. uh, capabilities. So we then were invited by then director of Talento Berlin with the Houston, Richard Rick. Reyes, AKA Pancho Claus to take place, to have our uh, monthly functions take place. At, and there were monthly readings at the time at the yes. Talento Berlin with the Houston theater, which had a full fledged stage, uh, curtains, good lighting. It sound, it, yeah, the sound has gotten better <laughs> over time. <laughs> I love that you mentioned all that. And then later on in our trajectory for Nuestra Palabra, we would go on to organize the Latino Book and Family Festival, which would take place at the Georgia Brown Convention Center, which at its peak was also the peak of the book industry, the golden era. We didn't know it. More about that later. Um, At its peak, we would wind up drawing 30,000 people to the Georgia Brown Convention Era. But one of the first featured authors at the Latino Book and Family Festival was Javier Garza. I, I just wanted to pause and put a marker on those historical yeah. moments. So please tell us you're gonna. I think you're about to tell us about your experience at the at the Latino Book and Family well, Festival, I mean, it, it which ties the into Latino. to your book trajectory. Yeah, the book festival was always an amazing experience. I remember going there. Uh, Why well, I think I was there pretty much every year while it was being held, and it was always a great experience. You would meet people and you would make connections and just you would see friends that. That you uh, that you know lived in other states, but they were coming down for the book festival. And honestly, that's where that's where you saw them. You saw them at the book festival. Mind you, this is all before, before Facebook and Twitter and all the social media stuff. So, 
you know, so, uh, and then what happened is, uh, I always tell people the reason I got published was because of, of being at the Latino Family Book Festival, that uh, I was there, I was presenting, happened that Dr. Canelos was there, and I tell people it sounds really dramatic, but the whole thing took place in about three minutes. He came, he talked to me, we talked about books, we talked about the stories, he gave me his card, said, call me on Monday, and then uh, I called, mind you, this was Saturday, so I had to wait. I called him on Monday, then talked to him on Monday, and then uh, got a phone call back later, a few days later, and uh, said if I would be interested in working with an editor, and I said yes, and then, okay, we'll send, we'll send you a contract, which at the time, we were calling it Spooky Tales from Texas with a J, but eventually it became Creepy Creatures and Other Cuckoos, and uh so yeah, so that was like, and, and I always tell people like, to me, book festivals have always been really great experiences for me. Uh, the Inter-American Book Fair that we mentioned in, in San Antonio, mm -hmm. that's where I also met Bobby and Lee Bird from Cinco Punto Press. And that's when I first, I was having a conversation with them and I mentioned to them, you know, I have this idea for a book. Uh, it's called Lucha Libre and uh, about a boy going to see Mexican wrestling. And, the, and I explained to them about the mask, the capes and you know, the whole superhero persona of Lucha Libre, superhero, supervillains, and that, you know, and all, a lot of this, uh, my, my, my foot in the door when it came to books and getting actually published had to do a lot with just being at this book festivals mm -hmm. and talking to people. And it's, you know, you can send, you, you send the manuscripts, you send all that stuff, but, you know, when you're actually talking to them and you're telling them about your idea, and sometimes I think uh, mm -hmm. a lot of it also has to do, they, they hear the passion in what you're talking about. And that kind of like, well, let's let's see, maybe maybe we can do something with this idea or this story. And and like I said, you know, that's that was uh, with a be it Arte Public or Cinco Punto Press, which is now Lee and Low. Uh, you know, they were those were big things for me. That's how I got my foot in the door with when it came to getting actually published. And and I always tell people go to the book festivals. You know, uh, go talk to the editors that are there, talk to publishers that are there talk to other authors, other poets that are there, because, you know, and, and it's all about the exchanging of ideas, which is what, what really made the Latino Family Book Festival in Houston one of the strongest book festivals that, that was out there at the time, because it was just this whole back and forth, back and forth of ideas, and which is, uh, I think that's kind of like the best thing. That's when poets and writers thrive, when they just ex they exchange ideas mm -hmm. back and forth. We should also... Uh... Give a shout out in remembrance of Bobby Bird, who who uh, passed away recently. But we really appreciate his legacy to uh, all the whole writing world and all the work, uh, curb, uh, all the work that Cinco Puntos Press has done, and can you know th mm -hmm. that legacy still lives on. So so shout out to him. And I do want to get to another one of your stories, but I want folks to know two things. One, you're about to fire them up because then, you know, I love it that we're celebrating your 20th book. You just shared, you know, in a matter of seconds, what happened to get your first book published. But I want folks to, to be fired up about that because, man, I, I remember before you were published, you would throw down hard anywhere. It's like you put on a show and, and like, let's, let's help Javier. And, and you mentioned that passion and those skills always came through and it was our, our gente and our historia. So I'd like you to give some words of encouragement to folks, but I also want to remind folks 
that we want to support you. We want to support the Latino bookstore. We want to support each other. We want to support Texas. So I want to remind folks that there's one Latino bookstore in Texas. It's in San Antonio at the Latino bookstore, which is part of the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Campus. Additionally, this is the last meeting, the last session of the 2022 Texas Authors Series, which has been taking place every first Friday of the month. So December 2nd is our end of the year pachanga with Javier. There'll be an exhibit of his work. His reading will be for free from 6 to 7 p.m. You can pick up a copy of his book, get it signed, get him to take a picture with you, ask him some questions. We're also going to have a, a party. So from 5 to 6, pan dulce, hot chocolate, vinito, and a lot of us commiserating. And as I mentioned before, too, we're going to have a raffle. If you fill out a survey, giving us your insights about what you enjoyed about our 2022 first full season and what you'd like to see in 2023, you'll be entered in a raffle for one of the author's books who we featured all year long. And that includes Lupe, Texas Poet Laureate Lupe Mendez, um, Jasmine Mendez, Tambien, I'll drop Tambien. Um, so really wonderful list of possible folks that whose book you might take home for your family library. But I want to remind you, winner must be present. And also, when you purchase books, please know that all the profits, what, what little profit there may be, goes back to the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center to sustain programming across the board. And of course, we want the Latino bookstore to thrive. And I also want to give another shout out to uh, KPFT 90.1 FM. And again, if you are a listener, please do visit kpft.org and make a donation in the name of Nuestra Palabra. That's it for the announcements. Let's thrill folks now. Um, Javier, before you read another story to our listeners, do me a favor. Quiero que animes ese escritor que tiene sus inquietudes. Maybe they're discouraged. Maybe they've been writing 20 pieces and they're not getting published or they don't know the first step. I think you might remember not being published, even though you got your 20th book now. What would you say to that person to keep them fired up? No, I mean, a lot of it honestly has to do with just, you just have to get your stories out there. People share them, let other people hear your stories. I mean, my first book, uh, it took me almost 10 years to get my first book published. I mean, I went through numerous rejections after rejections and, you know, which you're going to have, you know, manuscript rejections are going to happen. And it's a learning process because you're also learning, especially if you haven't done this before. It's going to be a learning process as you go. But you just keep, remember, you can have 10, 20, 30 book rejections, but all it takes is one. All it takes is just getting that one that helps you get your foot in the door. And like I said, it took me almost 10 years to get my first book published. And then, you know, that was, which was Creepy Creatures and Other Cucuis. And that eventually led to Juan and the Chupacabras. That led to Lucha Libre, The Man in the Silver Mask. And, and there were other numerous titles. And then I led to me getting into the idea of doing a series, Maximilian, The Mystery of the Guardian Angel series, the Vincent Ventura and the and uh, Monster Hunter Extraordinaire series. And, and it's just a question of just keeping going. But more than anything else, just 
keep sharing your stories, keep writing them down. And, and remember a storyteller, a storyteller, a writer, what they're doing is they're basically creating a story that they share with other people. And you want people to read your story and hopefully they see themselves reflected in the very story that they are reading. And then, you know, that, and what you want is for that to motivate them to say, you know what, that, that, that guy's story or that lady's story, that's my story too. And you know what? I got a story to tell too. And you sit down and you write it because we all have cuentos. We all have stories, every single one of us. Uh, and, you know, we want to leave those stories behind for our, our children, our grandchildren, future generations. You know, some kids, you know, I tell people in 10, 20, 30 years, the person that writes a book, they could be gone. But that book will still be in a shelf somewhere. And some kid's going to pick it up. They're going to read it. And hopefully it'll motivate them to tell their story and write it down and do pictures and drawings that go with that story. And, uh, you know, and it's just a question of just keep believing in yourself, kid, and keep pushing, keep pushing. Because, you know, you know, all those rejection letters that you get, once you get picked up by one publisher, that's it. You, you know, all those rejection letters mean nothing in it now because – it's in the past. You've crossed over to this other side. And it's just a question of taking your stories and just keep it going. Keep, you know, we all got stories. We all got cuentos. It's just a question of keeping, keep sharing those stories with everybody. I tell you what, Javier, appreciate those words of inspiration. Uh, do us a favor, cheat us to one more story. Okay, I'll do one. Or actually, I'll do this is, a, this is an old, oldie, but a goodie. It's from my first book, Creepy Creatures and Other Cuckoos. And it's called La Lechuza Lady. And it goes like this The story of La Lechuza Lady is nothing but a bunch of lies, declares Don Fidencio, not convinced by his wife that he should not go out drinking tonight. The story is true, says his wife, and I hope you never have to find out just how true the story really is. He goes, Tom Fidencio laughed at his wife, that loud, bellowing laugh of his, and told her not to even think of waiting up for him. That said, he began his walk down El Rincón del Diablo, the devil's quarter, the most infamous bar in the small town of Etcalchelso where they lived. Now, Don Fidencio knew the many stories of La Lechuza Lady. He knew the tales of the woman whose son was killed, run over by a drunk driver one night. The driver was never caught, and thus her son never received justice. And she was so angered by this that she made a pact with the spirit to become a witch owl, a lechuza. And it was said that she now stalked the Rincón del Diablo, taking the form of a giant white owl with glowing red eyes. And she lurked up on the trees, lurked, lurking, searching, looking for the drunk that had taken her son so that she might have her revenge. But Don Fidencio considered this story to be nothing but pure nonsense. So that night, Don Fidencio at the bar, he drank especially heavy. And it was already past two o'clock in the morning when the bartender told him, Fidencio, hey, pack it up and go home. Fidencio began his walk down the winding dirt road that would now lead him back to his house. But as he was walking, he heard a voice call out to him, a voice that said, Borracho! Don Fidencio was startled. He looked left, he looked right, he looked all around, but there was nobody there. There was nothing there. So he figured it must have been the wind, or maybe he had been drinking, so he, it could have been just the alcohol messing with his, with his head. So he just kept on walking. But he had barely walked 10 feet when he heard that loud, thunderous voice again, that voice that said, 
borracho. Now Don Fidencio was scared and he knew he was scared because he could feel the hair on the back of his neck starting to stand on end. He was breaking out into goosebumps all over his arms. He tried to run, get home quickly where he would be safe. But have you ever seen a person try to run when they're drunk? You know, the more they try to run, the more they only stumble and fall down to the ground. Then he heard that voice again, louder this time. That voice that cried out, borracho, which as I said, is the Spanish word for a drunk. And that's when he finally realized this voice that he was hearing was coming from up on the trees. He looked up and that's when he saw perched atop a tree was the biggest, the meanest, the scariest looking white owl he had ever laid eyes on. Over seven feet tall with glowing red eyes that burned like they were on fire. The lechuza spread open its wings and cried out, borracho, as it jumped off the tree, pouncing on poor Don Fidencio, knocking him clear down to the ground. Don Fidencio began to wrestle with a feathered fury that was pecking at the top of his head, calling out, borracho, 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 with each attack. Don Fidencio, he crawled all the way home. And when he finally reached his front porch, he lay over on his back, his chest heaving up and down, up and down, as he tried to regain his, and control his breathing. But that's when he realized that the witch owl, la lechuza, was gone. But in its place, floating inches above him, was a white-haired old woman. A woman that was looking right into his eyes. A woman that said, borracho, before she disappeared in a puff of smoke. Don Fidencio, they say he never, ever drank again. And that's the story of La Lechuza Lady from Creepy Creatures and Other Cuckoos. Tan tan. <laughs> Fantastic. We are being treated to some of the stories by storyteller, visual artist, educator, and a friend of Nuestra Palabra, Javier Garza. And folks will get to meet him in person as we close out the 2022 Texas Author Series at the Latino Bookstore in San Antonio, Texas at the Guadalupe, Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. And they're on their campus. Of course, the Texas Author Series has been taking place every first Friday of the month. So this last session will be on Friday, December 2nd, 2022, 6 p.m. It is free. And you'll be launching your new book, La Llorona Can't Scare Me. Tell us a little bit about the stories that are in that particular book and how you chose those particular selections for this well, most recent well, book. In La Llorona, there, well, there's two books. La Llorona Can't Scare Me. It's a picture book that deals with a little boy named Damian who's not afraid of La Llorona. The other book is the fourth installment in the series of the Vincent Ventura uh, Monster Fighter Extraordinary. It's called The Curse of the Weeping Woman. It's a boy named Vincent, Vincent Ventura, who uh, who lives on at, uh, uh, his house is directly across from 666 Duende Street, which is where this house that is supposed to be haunted uh, resides. And he uh, the, in the first book, a chupacabra, a neighbor moved in that turned out to be a chupacabra. The second one was a little girl moved in who happened to be a witch owl. And the third one, there was a, a young boy that was being tormented by duendes that kept getting him in trouble. In this fourth book, uh, some some uh, family, a uh, lady moves in who seems to have kids that are not really alive. They're kind of like ghosts. Well, they are ghosts. And uh, in the book, we ex uh, we explore the theme of La Llorona and explore 
the different very different versions of La Llorona. Like there's the version of her that is evil, which is like uh, the, you know the creatures of stones and what the tejos. We also explore a version of La Llorona where she is the victim. She's not really evil. She was trying to protect her children. We also explore the version of La Llorona where that talks about La Malinche. You know. Uh, you know, and, and that historical character. And throughout the, the book, we kind of follow, uh, we we talk about the different versions of La Llorona. And I also introduce a character known as El, El Charro Negro, which is, and I tie him into one of the Llorona stories that takes place in, as Vincent Ventura and his, and his monster fighting friends are trying to figure out what exactly is going on. And if this is La Llorona, or if it's, or if maybe there might be even more than just one Yorona, there could be multiple versions of her that exist. And of course, we're also excited about having your exhibit of visual art there in the Progreso Gallery, which is part of the same building where the Latino bookstore is. You mentioned you'd have some of the Yoronas. In yeah, yeah I'll, have a, I'll have a couple of Yoronas on, on display. I love it. And some and luchadores too. That's fantastic. So we hope folks are taking this advantage to not just meet Javier Garza in person or maybe get to talk to him again, celebrate his 20th book, maybe ask questions about his inspirations or share some of your own scary stories or, or what you remember from your childhood. But we'll have the party as well from five to six with some uh, soft drinks as well as vinito, as well as pan dulce. And of course, you may be able to take home a raffle prize as you fill out our questionnaire about, hey, what you loved about 2022, what you'd like to see in 2023. Does that include an open mic? We didn't have the staff to really expand our programming, but we just hired a new member. Uh, her name is Alma Pina, and she is the official store manager for the Latino Bookstore, which is fantastic because she's dedicating her time 24-7 to cultivate the Latino bookstore for you. So that means we're going to be looking at the hours, the stock, the programming. And again, we'd love your input on such things as the hours, actually, as well, which days and some of the other writers we can include. Do we need more days of programming? And if we do do that, we need your input to, to figure out where to put our uh, resources because they are limited but if you keep supporting the latino bookstore that can help us hire more folks and do more programming and celebrate more writers because there's so much talent i am the literary curator for the latino bookstore and i mentioned that only to say that there's just so much talent we want to make sure to focus the community cultural capital of san antonio but also share with all of tejas i tell you what javier thank you so much for taking time out of your day to well, preview thanks for having me your meeting uh, any, any parting words on, on someone that may be too scared of La Llorona to show up that day? Oh, well, like I said, we'll, we'll throw in a, we'll throw in, since it is, it is going to be December, we'll throw in a, a story called Charro Plos and the Texas Kid, which is the story of Santa's Mexican cousin and how he came to be. So we'll throw it in there too. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, my friend. We're looking forward to it. We should continued success and we look forward to being your partner as you celebrate your 50th book down the line, hermano. All right. Thank you. Muchas gracias. Gracias. And uh, thank you so much for tuning in. My name is Tony Diaz, El Libro Traficante. I am the founder and director of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. 
This is our multi-platform broadcast. We start on social media. Our video airs on fox26houston.com. We edit our audio for 90.1 FM KPFT, Houston's community station. And I do want to remind you, KPFT is a community radio station. We have zero commercials, which is probably why we are one of the few outlets that can actually consistently air the type of programming that KPFT has, including show about writers. Nuestra Palabra fits into the bylaws, the actual mandates that shape the entire station because one of the requirements that we had from the beginning over 50 years ago was that we had to promote creative writing, and that's exactly what we do. We'd love your help in doing that. So if you are one of our listeners, please visit kpft.org any time of the year and make a donation in the name of Nuestra Palabra, Latino writers having their say. The rest of our versions exist on podcasts, social media, but I really love that we will come out to meet you in your neighborhood somewhere in your neck of the woods. So thanks for all your support. I want to thank Rodrigo Bravo, who is our sound engineer. I also want to thank Roxana Guzman, who is our producer for our multi-platform broadcast, and the entire Nuestra Palabra team, and to all the Libre Traficantes across the country. You don't know. You might be sitting next to Libre Traficante. Thanks for your support, and we will see you at the arts. Gracias. Diaz, El Libro Traficante. I'm the literary curator for the Latino Bookstore at the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. The bookstore is open throughout the, the week. You can go to the website of the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center for the changing dates. And this is your chance to meet other writers, especially some that write about history. So there's some cookbooks, always something cultural. And of course, we tie in all the other art forms in the Guadalupe Cultural Arts Center. So thank you all for tuning in and we'll see you at the arts. Gracias. Gracias.